0: with God's work in the world for our good. Join host Jason McKnight as we explore practical issues of community, theology, and leadership in everyday life. Welcome everybody. Thanks for joining us here on Encounter Grace. I'm Jason McKnight and I'm here with deep-throated Ben. You got a cold today. Hey everybody. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Mucilex. <laughs> Come on, Ben. Give us a you got. God. Ben, <throat> I'm sorry about your voice uh some people are gonna love this a little more oh it's true i mean it's sexy it's it's we'll, drawing me in <laughs> we'll, we'll start
1: the slow anyways okay so uh <laughs> this is already a train wreck jason yeah, we're man. already are off the bat anyway so guys we I, we kind of had this idea a couple a couple months ago that we want to talk about as we're kind of moving into a, a giving season as we've talked about through christmas and just the holidays in general thanksgiving like one of the things that I notice as, as just growing up here in America is we kind of have this a little motto that none of us would <laughs> quite uh, be able to just know right off the bat, but if when I say it, you'll you'll kind of know that it's true because we're not always hearing it, but we are always seeing it,
0: and it's this that more is better. <laughs> I definitely believe that in in ice cream sundays.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and it seems like in whatever it more is, is, more better. is always better. Mm-hmm. Uh, more food, Thank more you. time off. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm in already. <laughs> He's then, gonna start a union. Maybe even most importantly, how about more money? Like mm-hmm. it seems that when it comes to the idea of more, more is always better. Uh, I think of a couple times when, uh, I remember in a movie that I used to watch where this hedge fund manager was asked, like, what's your number of, how much would it take for you to walk away? And he laughs, and he, almost like he didn't quite understand, and he just goes, more. Yeah. Because I think for so many of us, more is better. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter more, more, more. And so, as we are coming up to the holidays, and like Thanksgiving and Christmas, it, for so many of us is a time of giving. And so when we have a time of giving with a, almost habits of more, we can kind of hit, a, hit some speed bumps and we don't always know what to quite do with that. And so what we want to do today is kind of have a conversation of what does it look like to kind of move past just the mindset of more hmm. and look at maybe what Jesus had to say about it because Jesus did actually say a lot about money. And he said a lot about more yeah, and true. our wealth. Because Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I mean, I've had some struggles with a lot of things Jesus said, but maybe this one more than any of them. Like, maybe that part was not Mm. quite copied down right, right? (laughs) Right. Somebody mixed up those verbs. Yeah. So the question is, how can Mm. we take him up on this? Like, if it's true and it is, how can we test drive this? How can we find out if, like, if what he's saying is actually true? And the reality is, we we can't really just think about it. It's not this isn't just a cognitive thing. It's not one where we just go, well, let me kind of trace the argument here and figure like that one's is clear. But there's a difference between our posture and what we know and what our hands are doing and our hearts want. Yeah. So we need to try it.
0: We need yeah. to start it. We need to live into it. Yeah. And and I think the great way for us to do that is um <clears throat> spend time in two different areas related and Uh, We're going to spend most of our time in the first of the two different areas. So number one, organized giving. And number two, at the end, just a little bit, overflowing generosity. Organized giving, overflowing generosity. When we say, okay, Jesus, are you really right? It's more blessed to give than to receive. Well, how can we take you up on that? Or how can we test you on that? Um, We can do it through organized giving, this thing called tithing or offerings at church. Um, And here's one fun thing about if you're listening to this while you're driving to work, You're alone in your car or maybe you're out Mm -hmm. for a run or mowing the lawn or doing the dishes and you don't have to feel any guilt because sometimes if, oh, no, the preacher's preaching on giving and I'm looking (laughs) around and everyone's looking at me. Nobody's looking at you right now. So just let God talk to you, organized giving and then overflowing generosity. And that's kind of the opportunities that come along our path in the course of life. And um, how does God want us to maybe just take a step into opening our eyes, opening our hearts, opening our hands mm. to the needs around us uh, and to do it right? So let's talk organized giving. Ben, start us off here like we'll make you do the dirty work. <laughs> no, but a life of giving, <clears throat> a life of generosity. It's more blessed to give than receive. I mean, Jesus holds out for us uh, um, blessing, flourishing in life when we follow him. So what, is this, what does this look like? How, how do we start here? Well, I think it just starts off with this kind of this idea of this little paradox that's
1: going on. That And I think it's a radical claim that your life will be better on 90% of your income than it could ever be on 100. That's a paradox. America, nobody's saying that on Madison Avenue. No, because we all believe, like, my life would be better if I just had more. And Jesus goes, actually, your life would be better if you had 10% less. (laughs) Because God says less is actually more because more... Mm blessed to give than to receive and he's and uh, you know this we draw this from malachi 3 and it's one of the most famous i mean probably the most famous passage on tithing or like a, a little bit mm-hmm. and it is yeah. and he says well, this he goes this is god talking he says bring in the full tithe the storehouse and he says test me in this and see if i don't throw open the windows of heaven mm-hmm. like that's amazing like is it the only time in scripture that God actually challenges us to test him? I mean, there's lots of stuff like, don't test me, just trust me. Yeah, yeah. But he goes, no, 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 don't, don't, don't just trust me on this. Like, try it, test it out. Yeah, yeah. Come and see if I'm actually like, if, if I'm really being honest. I mean, it's amazing because it's a command. Bring in the full tithe. Now, and you, you, we often talk about this kind of back and forth, like with an invitation. So many of God's commands mm-hmm. have an invitation attached to it. So He says, "Command, bring in the full tithe," with an invitation of, "Test me in this." Mm-hmm. The only place okay.
0: God, and the only place in Scripture God asks us to test Him, I mean, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I think you're right, and so what does it look like to live, you know, a better life on on quote unquote ninety percent than it could ever be on. Mm. Well, to me, I think this is gracious of God because on the one hand, if we're going to set aside some part of our income, some part of our resources that we're supposed to make it through the month on, we get to put feet under our faith. Mm. So like, let's just say 10%. Let's just say 10% tithe. And we'll get to questions later. Is it an actual 10% and so forth? But let's just use that as a simple starting point. A tithe is a real amount. It's a specific amount. And here's what I love. It's something to aim at. Hmm. Like, I don't know any of us have, you know, 10% of our income lying around at the end of payday, at the end from, from payday to the next payday. Like we're, we're not just, Oh, well, this is what's left over. Let me give it. Because all of us kind of, it seems like we get to the point of, wow, it's one and a half more days till payday. Yeah, <laughs> I better not go out to dinner tonight. Not all of us, but a lot of us, you know, it just, yeah. that's just what happens. Um, so in this sense, we get to purpose to do it. We get to build our lives around or reorder our lives around something God invites us into. So on the one hand, to have a set specific Attainable amount is something that we're aiming at, setting aside the first fruits, Mm -hmm. X percent, demonstrating to the Lord, demonstrating to ourselves that we take our faith seriously. I mean, so much of growing in Jesus is nebulous. Like, how do I actually know if I'm more forgiving this week than last week? Or if I'm, you know, more pure in thought life? This week mm. than last week. Like, how do I know? Do, how, you know, and maybe not everything is measurable. But money and time are measurable. Yeah. <laughs> Calendars and checkbooks. And so if I'm going to go around saying, Lord, I'm counting on you for life and eternity. You're my rescuer. You're my deliverer. You're my savior. You're my leader. You're my master. You're my Lord. But then I don't do what he says. Is it just words? Yeah. So it gives an opportunity To say yes by ordering my resources, time and money, and in this case, let's talk money, then I'm saying, yeah, I'm putting my literally putting my money where my mouth is. Hmm. I mean, I think that's on the one hand why it's so good that he gives us something to aim at, aka a tithe or X percent, 10 percent. Yeah, I I find it's just such a
1: like it's helpful that it's a specific number too, like not Mm -hmm. just the, Mm -hmm. I mean, Jesus. And we know this, like Jesus constantly is more after your heart than he is your wallet. Absolutely. You get that? Yeah. Like, God doesn't need your money, but he does want your heart. And so often, for so many of us, and I'm in this category, like my heart decides how I spend my money. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. 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 And what's great is, like, when I look at these passages, when Jesus is like, I want you to give generously, like, it's nice to go, well, I don't always know what that means. But I, I can at least fall back at ten, or like yeah, I, I know there's right. a good line there. Yeah, uh, and so it is a nice thing to be able to have that, which is like a good direction tool, like to get you like to that that place. Uh, and I love this idea that it's like the first ten percent, mm. not the last ten. And mm-hmm. they're like, well, you, if you think about that, like, well, of course, like those would add up to be the same, I guess. But the heart posture behind that is radically different yeah. because I'm, and this is a personal thing for me. Like when I think about the. Like, whenever Janessa and I are kind of looking at our budget, I often, like, I'm like, what are the big stones? I think the the mortgage, the bill, like, all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, here's where we're at. Janessa, what should we tie from here? Mm. And and my sweet wife is like, I don't think you understand how this works. (laughs) I'm like, oh, no, I do. I just don't know if I want to. And there's the difference between taking it out of what you have left And then going, here's all that God has given me, Mm. and here's what's rightfully His. Yeah,
0: I like that. I like that. Also, not only is it something to aim at and a first fruit, something to start with. Mm. I think on the other hand, if you think of a tithe, if you think of a 10%, that's not enough to put any of us in the poorhouse. Like if God's God, He could instruct His people to do anything. Yeah. And there are certain religions where their small small g god instructs them to do a whole bunch of terrible things. Um like let's say back in Canaan, Molech and Chemosh, those gods, they said sacrifice your babies. <laughs> huh. Well man, I'm gonna sign up for the ten percent, <laughs> not the firstborn son. <laughs> you know. But our God says, no, I want you to flourish. I want you to buy groceries and go on vacation and have a home to live in. Um, But I also want you to demonstrate, like you were just saying it, that I really have first place in your heart. Mm -hmm. So 10% is not enough to put us in the poorhouse, not enough to put us over the edge, but it is enough to demonstrate that our heart is willing for him 10% at the front end. If If you make $20 an hour to make $18 an hour is not that different if you make 50,000 yeah. a year to make forty five, like to live on 45,000 is not like living on from 50 to 20,000, yeah. you know, I mean, we have to adjust and that's true if we're not tithing or giving, but we can all live after that period of adjustment with flourishing on 90% mm-hmm. of whatever it is that we earn. Yeah. And so well, let me just kind of transition this a little
1: yeah. bit, like, <clears throat> because as we're kind of talking about this organized giving, like we're all going to be Kind of, I mean, whether it's uh, kind of trying to find holes in it for our own yep. benefit or yep. not, like we all have questions. You're like, well, what does this mean? And the, you know, sometimes in the Old Testament, how does that relate to the New? So, I mean, I've got a couple of questions for you, yeah. and since you're the expert, oh, right. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't want to answer them. <laughs> uh, that I want to kind of ask you, and then we'll kind of answer together, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so that promise that we talked about in Malachi, yeah, the, test to, me to in test this. Me, yeah. Yep, bring in the full tithe. Is that still valid today for the church? Like so is the command still operative today for the church, so
0: for us? That's a, great, that's a great question. And um uh Ben, I I would start to answer it this way, and you probably maybe would add something to it. Um yes, Malachi's in the Old Testament, but also yes. Uh, And some things change. Like we're not all taking lambs to the temple in Jerusalem. So some things change from the law. But absolutely what has not changed ever in history is God's heart. Mm -hmm. And what what we see in Malachi is God opening his heart, saying, if you trust me, I will care for you. And so that's what Malachi 3.10 is saying. And also under the law, don't fake it. (laughs) Don't bring in a half tithe, a quarter tithe, a pretend tithe. Don't sort of make a big clink in the offering box and and because you're rich and you put in one gold coin, Mm -hmm. you know, to make it sound so much bigger, but you really ought to be given four gold coins or something like that. Like bring in the full. Bring in what you're supposed to bring. And trust me, test me, I'll do it. I think when you look at the New Testament church and the teaching in the New Testament, even more they're in each other's lives, giving to the work of the Lord, you know, in any way possible. And we see it at so many different places through the Book of Acts, through First and Second Corinthians and Philippians, Paul's collecting for the saints in Jerusalem. But if the human side of the equation is ramped up in the New Testament, don't you think the God side of the equation is too? Yeah. Do you think He's going to be less gracious in the New Testament than He was in the Old? I absolutely don't. <laughs> so, man, I'm, I'm like, all right, Lord, let's test you in this. Let's try yeah. it. Let's go ahead. I mean, test drive. You test drive a car. I test drove a car in August because it looked like it was a good deal and it was wobbly when I got, you know. And of course, they put on new tires for us Mm. because the tires were old, the rims were blah, blah, blah. And so now I got new tires on the car. I tested them and they had to produce. Well, God says, test me. Give to me what I'm calling you to give and see if I don't give to you what I'm promising to give.
1: Yeah, I love the... uh, like the time relationship here of like, so often with God's promises, the promise is answered, or the result comes to, to the table like way later. Like the promise to Abraham, like he never got to see that. Right. Like the promise, <clears throat> so many of the promises we get are of salvation and of eternity, and they're like, okay, and I by faith am waiting for those. This is one where God just goes, look, If you do that, like test me and watch what's going to happen. Like you may not see it today and you may not see it next week, but you're going to see it next, like maybe next month or next year or just in your life or in their life. And like, this is something we actually get to
0: see and take part in. Like this is an incredible thing. Now, Ben, how do you guard against my greedy heart saying, aha, I can give to get. Yeah. I can I can turn this into prosperity gospel. Like how 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 do we navigate that road? Cuz is Malachi is not saying that. He's absolutely not. Yeah, for sure. Um
1: I mean, I think we just always need to remember that and this is hard. Is like the God who's making these promises is also the God who is not terrified of suffering and not scared of it mm-hmm. and even brought it upon himself. Mm-hmm. And so when God brings us to flourishing flourishing doesn't mean that we always get everything the way that we want it it's not the american dream it's not the american dream i mean if you look one of my favorite passages if not my favorite passages the beatitudes and the mm-hmm. sermon on the mount like the flourishing life and the beatitudes i'm not sure i want to live that life mm-hmm. but jesus lived that life mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. a flourishing life mm-hmm. because it's the one that looks like jesus yeah and so the one that can give sacrificially, the one that has a heart for the Father, like that's a Jesus life. That's a flourishing life. And so we need yeah. to always remember like, yes, you like God in his graciousness and his kindness gives. He's like, look, test me and watch me work. But so often the way he works is not just going, look, I gave five and you gave me 10. Thank you, Lord. That's right, that's right. But you're making an investment in something that will do f- a far greater impact. Mm -hmm. Like with 10%, you're investing in a church and maybe you're investing in another ministry and then with that nonprofit or whatever. And you're gonna see God work and do amazing
0: and powerful things and have an investment in that. And that's the reward. Well, and it is the reward is you get a partnership in those things. And I think also the reward is money has less hold on me. Mm when I purposely give it away, it owns me less. And that's how that demonstrates God owns me more. And I think that's that's as important as my partnership in different areas that I could never have, but also then money owns me less. And I also think, um, you know, God gives contentment. Ecclesiastes talks about how God not only gives us stuff, he gives us the ability to enjoy the stuff. And we see that all the time when, when people strain and strain and strain to get something, and then it just doesn't fulfill them. Well, it's because contentment is also a gift from God. Mm. And so when I know, hey, Lord, I'm being faithful to give X percent to you, X first fruits to you, yeah. then maybe I have a smaller yeah. house or an older car, but now I like it better. yeah point you know anyway i i don't know that's i think the American i think not the american i think the prosperity gospel is such a disaster because it enslaves us yeah. it actually pl- preys on our natural greed yeah so give to get is from the pit of hell mm. and i never f- failed to say that yeah it's so bad well ben how about this does god care i mean we've been talking about a tithe we've been talking about 10 percent does god care about that yeah i mean does he want a
1: specific percent? Yeah, I don't think it's a number that we, it's like not the measuring stick by which we look at things and go, well, I only gave nine and a half, so God hates me. Like, it's just not that. Right. Ultimately, because Jesus gives us the greatest clarity on this, and this is a heart thing. It's not an accounting thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give what God calls you to give. And look, here's a personal side for me. Like, I didn't I didn't grow up tithing. Like, I I uh, we just did a podcast with my dad and my dad's yeah. an awesome dude, uh, but I I grew up like just seeing in my family like a not a love for money but a we like we kind of found security in money because you know you get to be safe in it, and you, you got a place to live and all like all those really good things and so the natural thing for me was I, I just kind of found this long battle as I was navigating tithing in the church going like what because for me it was a trust mm. issue I mean, like Lord like. I kind of believe my life is going to be better. I'm going to have more security. I'm going to be safer. I'm going to be better off if I make 100, not 90. Right, right. And ultimately, I completely find my security in the Lord. Mm-hmm. But on the day to day, I would kind of find it in money. And so, just as you were saying, like one of the greatest values of consistent giving and making this a priority was going, I'm making a declaration and I'm learning this. I'm making a choice and I'm learning it for myself as I'm making it that the Lord is the one to trust in. Mm. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Say. And then on the side of that is like one of the other things I've learned is my heart has grown more and more generous the more that I've consistently gave. Hmm. And that's just a practical thing because... When I would look at the budget, or Janessa and I would look at the budget, we would kind of like think of giving like sporadically, like oh, we've got this, we let's go, let's do this, we come to this event, we'll give this. But one of the beauties when you have a consistent plan, when you have an idea of what you're going to give, like you'll never be able to be more generous than when you are clear with where your money is going each paycheck, because you know this is where this is going. This is how much we make. This is how much is going to food. This is how much we have over like extra. And and so if the Lord goes, hey, I just want you to save that money, you go, awesome, Lord, we're going to save that money. But there are going to be some of those months that we found where it's like, I can't wait to save this money because I'm just going to go to one of these things. And the Lord just goes, actually, there's this really cool ministry. And you go, but Lord, I really want this thing. He goes, that's cool. And that's fine. But Look at this really cool thing. Don't you want to be a part of that? And you're like,
0: ah, oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, exactly. it changes wanna, our hearts. Yeah. No, it's so good. Um, it, it's so good, you know, in our, in our family, but so I don't think God cares about a percentage. Yeah. I think he cares about a plan. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the difference. So, uh, you know, oh no, God hates me because it's nine and a half percent. No, I don't yeah. think he cares about that at all. I think the fact that you have a plan and are intentional, God sees that mm-hmm. and that you're open to him. In our family budget, you know, you have different areas like there's shelter and there's, you know, weekly or monthly living expenses and there's savings for future items. Like we save the money each month for Christmas gifts and for vacation and stuff like that. And we, um, you know, we have transportation, all the cars and we giving emergency savings and long-term investments are all in one category in our budget. And it's called investments because mm. every one of those three things is foregoing the use of the money today for a greater reward mm. tomorrow. So when the emergency fund is is okay, it means we have peace of mind that the fridge can break, the car can blow up, and the roof can leak all in the same week and we'll be all right. Like Mm -hmm. that's what emergency long-term is so that when, you know, if I'm disabled and can't work anymore, we're still going to be able to, you know, whatever. And the first one of giving is long-term, I'm foregoing the use of that money today so that I can invest in the kingdom, so that I can be part of God's work in the kingdom. So in our family budget, shelter, transportation, blah, blah, blah. And then investments and giving in our mindset comes under investments. Hmm. So I don't think he cares about a percentage. I think he cares <clears throat> about a plan. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, so are you allowed to give to any charity? Are you allowed to give to church? What, what do you do with that? Some people say you have to give your, your tithes to the local church and all the other missions out there somewhere else. What, what do you do with that, Ben? Like, How have you navigated that? Because as a, you know, as someone employed by the church, I don't mind that, <laughs> but I'm not sure I should preach it. Yeah. So I actually don't know everything
1: you're going to say here. So the way. Oh, okay. Um, like, yeah, we, we try to navigate this. Because uh, we, we don't always know the right answer to this. or I, I think it's a convictional thing in some ways. We have a priority to our church. Uh, and, and no, not because I just work here, but because we feel like <clears throat> the greatest place that God has called us to to give is our church, and so we always want to be faithful there first. Uh, but there are times where we've looked at and gone, uh, "Well, we, the Lord will just kind of put on our heart something else." Mm, yeah. And then we, we, but we also look at the budget and go, "But we don't have extra." And there, there have been times where we've moved a little from our church giving to this other thing, just because we felt like God yeah. moved that, and That's so. Right. Um, I, I, I don't think there's a necessarily like, this is the percent you always have to do 10 to the church and then always, then over here is anything else or seven and three. Like, I, I don't fully know that answer. Yeah. And I, I'd love to hear your answer as well. But for us, like we just try to always go, Lord, th- this is your money. I mean, all of it's your money, but this 10 for sure, right? How do you want it to be used? How can we be faithful with it? And the answer looks
0: differently. And we just try to... Navigate that as well as we can. I mean, I think that's it. I think that's exactly it. And I, I think what helps me as I've thought about this and framed it with others is also to remember yes, there's ch- your local church and where you're involved, and you want to be invested there because where your treasure is, there mm-hmm. your heart goes. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so the more you give to something, the more you're interested in it, which is why every time a kid goes off to college and their parents start writing the checks, what do they do? They put stickers on the back of their car. Because my kid is a student at blah, 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 university. Why? Because, well, I just wrote a $20,000 check there. <laughs> you know, where your treasure goes, there your heart goes. Yeah. So as you're invested in your local church, I think it makes you more excited about what God's doing there. But two other things. The work of God is not only in your local church. And so the mission of Young Life or overseas missionaries or the refuge or the Mm -hmm. gate or epic, you know, the pregnancy center, all these things in our communities and and then national Samaritan's Purse and international missionaries. You and I know translation, you know, work with Wycliffe in different parts of the world. Be invested there, too. Like and, Mm -hmm. and each of us is going to have a different desire. But there's a third level of how we can give away our money. And this is to any charity that's not Christian. So the volunteer fire department or the local arts council or your alma mater Hmm. or something like that. And those are worthwhile. But I would, I personally make a distinction between kingdom giving and then being a good citizen <clears throat> and i would say god wants us to make sure we give the first fruits the first 10 percent, to things that are kingdom yeah whether it's local church or other missions and not sort of say well well gosh i gave a little bit of money to the vfd you know the volunteer fire department so that's my tithe like yeah. I, I don't think that's your tithe i think that's being a good citizen <clears throat> and being friends and i say do it i just think don't don't mistake that like mm. the, there are People who are lost and going to hell. And when, when churches are strong, the gospel goes forward. And when missionaries are supported, the gospel goes forward. And we've got to be about those things. So hmm. that's the only distinction I'd make. But I, yeah, I am 100% honest. in agreement with you is, you know, have a plan where your local church is prioritized. But I don't think it necessarily me- needs to be 100%, 10, 10% yeah. to the church. And then after that, yeah. some people preach that, and I'm happy for that. I think we're just like, man, the Lord's going to tell you. Yeah. The flip side, though, is I think the more you give, the more your life has flourishing. So mm-hmm. I actually love the idea. And somebody put me onto this of when you get a raise, why not give a little more on your raise? Mm-hmm. So if you work to get to a 10%, and, and we'll talk about that in a minute, too, how to start there. If you're not, if you're, if you're at 10%, and then let's say you get a $5,000 raise... Mm-hmm. Well, what if you gave 750 bucks on that raise? So that's a little bit more than 10%. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 15. Well, you're not you don't have any of the 5 grand. Mm-hmm. So, why not? And then wow. that becomes your new baseline cuz that 5,000 going into your into your income each year now is 750 going to the work of the Lord. And then the next time you get a raise, maybe you give 16% or something. Over time, those tiny little increments of increase bring your overall up. Mm. And you've never missed a thing. Like I don't true, think God's yeah. given us the most wealth in history <clears throat> so that we can only be fat and sassy. <laughs> like I think he enjoys don't it. I want to be. <laughs> I think he yeah. loves us. It loves to give us gifts just like we all do. Yeah. But I also think if we if we couple that gracious gift of God with a desire to um invested in the work of the kingdom he is going to bring us more hope and joy and and purpose mm. and um, that's so this idea of graduated giving yeah. so every time you get a, an extra gift you don't expect or a bonus or a raise <clears throat> do a little bit more on that and then watch god just open up more contentment yeah. hope and opportunity i don't know
1: yeah so i think the question from here is i mean because so many of us are in the kind of probably in a couple categories but of like Maybe you are faithfully giving, and you, you go, "Well, how do I take another step?" Or hmm. for so many of us, it's the "I'm not right How do I start?" Yeah, and so let me tackle the how to start," because again, I love like, this. like I, I just didn't grow up doing this, and so and I, so it's just it's, it was a difficult thing for me to learn. And I remember when I was in seminary, that was when I first started faithfully giving to a church, and I was working in this small uh, church. Uh, as associate pastor, and I was doing it for free. So I could have looked at that and gone, well, I'm giving my time. And you so, were. And I was. But I also knew, I was like, look, tithing's less about the money than it is about the heart. So I was like, if I do that, that's a heart thing. Like, I know it is. Anyway, so I go, Lord, what do I need to do? Because... Every Sunday or every Monday through Saturday, I go, I'm going to give, I'm going to give, I'm going to give, I'm going to give. And then I get to church and I'm like, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep, I'm going (laughs) to keep. I was like, I need to like have more times where I'm practicing Mm. this habit. So Mm. I went out and got a whole bunch of money. People have heard this before. Uh, I I did the math wrong uh, the other day. It's actually 70. Uh, But the very first month I ever gave, I took out 70 bucks. And for the very first week, I put a, I put a dollar in a little envelope. Oh, well, here's a dollar. Every mo- Monday, dollar. Tuesday, dollar. Wednesday, dollar. All the way through. At the end of that week, seven bucks. Seven dollars. I seven dollars it. can't change the world. But it it's the beginning you change of change your heart. Of heart. Yeah. yeah. And so week two, I'd put $2 in. At the Again. end of the week, yep, $14. Okay. Mm-hmm. Week three, $3. Week four, 3 dollars week 4 Four dollars a day, yeah. So that it, all the way up. If I did the math right, I did the other day. It's seventy bucks, and then I kind of graduate and go, okay, I, I can do seventy. Right. So well, let's start off. Let's keep the, the habit because I want to keep giving every day. What if I start start off each month on two dollars? Okay. Well, then you, that's fourteen dollars, then twenty one dollars a week, and then twenty eight and then thirty five. That comes to ninety eight. Okay. Well, we're almost at triple digits now, <laughs> and you know I'm a seminary guy. I'm not making a ton of money, but a hundred dollars is a hundred dollars. Like mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. that was a step, and I eventually got to the point where I was like, "Oh, this one hurts. I don't want to." And I just, I just practiced every day, mm. and I got better at it. And you know what? I still struggle with it a little bit, but I also know that like I've just built the habit up, and it's not the, and on the times where I look at the then my budget and I go, I don't know where it's gonna come from or I don't know what we're gonna do here. I don't, or to be honest, I go, I don't wanna do this this month or I don't wanna do it this week. Mm-hmm. I go, but you, you have before and God was faithful mm-hmm. and you did it last week and you you did it the week before and the month before and the year before the God was still faithful. You don't wanna break that habit. You That's don't wanna, right. you wanna keep it going yeah. because a good habit helps mm-hmm. and it helps push you forward and That's so great. for so many of you maybe the first step needs to every day put a dollar in an envelope mm-hmm. put two dollars put five dollars whatever it is and it doesn't have to be sacrificial right off the bat because maybe just building the habit is sacrificial hmm. it was for me and at times it still is mm-hmm. but eventually we want to get to the place where we go "Ooh,
0: lord man this one's come on you'll help me out here yeah and we want to get to that point and then get through that point, <clears throat> yep. because that's it is, is that's the, the learning curve is a dollar, a dollar, a dollar, $2, $2, $1, or something like that, like a simple process yeah. and plan. And, and see, the thing is it's reforming your habits yep. and our brains can be rewired as we reform our habits. And so even that physical putting it in the envelope for 60 days in a row, you know, a dollar yep. the first week, $2, the second week and on and on. And, um, You got to reframe your habit and then you get to the point of, oh, this is really hard, Lord. Mm. But then you get through it to the other side of, oh, this is part of what it means to thrive and you've never let us down. Mm. I think we need to address the question of, well, what if I have a whole bunch of debt or what if I'm in a position right now where... All my money is more than spoken for. I've got mm-hmm. car loans and mortgages and other things <clears> and payments. How do I take these steps? Well, I think, again, we're never talking about God doesn't care. He's not an accountant, doesn't care about a percentage, always cares about a plan, and a plan comes out of a heart. Yeah. So focus on the plan, focus on the heart. Do you want to please him? Or do you want to grow in this? Okay, well, then let's take a step, and maybe it's a buck a day. What's the plan? Yeah. And, and debt is serious so a lot of our debt is lifestyle like I bought that car that I couldn't afford no. so maybe it's making a lifestyle change to change the car you drive and that, of course you're not going to do that by the time you close this podcast but you're thinking about it you're praying about it you're saying well, okay Lord how does this work because if, if really it's a test me in this situation and I don't have the bandwidth okay no decision in life is irrevocable yeah so you you say, okay, let's let's get in line. You know, talk to some friends like Dave Ramsey. <laughs> you might have heard of him. He, he loves that. I mean, <laughs> Crown Financial, another great hmm. group, and I think they even partner together. But there are specific steps to come back from financial worry, financial ruin. Mm. Or, or a pathway that's leading to financial ruin. And no one in the advertising industry tells you about those steps. But they're all the same, and all you have to do is work them. Mm. So whether it's Dave Ramsey, Crown Financial, or just your grandfather, <laughs> there's a lot of good stuff out there. So what if I my obligations or my debt? You know, do what you can. Now, maybe you've had a crisis in your life, and there's, there's medical debt or whatever, I mean, these are special cases and think about them and pray about them and let God lead um, you. He always directs a wholehearted, um, a wholehearted prayer. He never leaves us hanging. And talk to a friend like Ben or me or someone in your house, church or someone in a church or a friend on the journey. That's what we're all here for. Okay. Organized giving. Right. Hmm. It's, it's a bit one step fits all and every case is different. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's how it is with God because he's infinite. But I loved what you said the other day, Ben, is that the discipleship value of organized giving, of investing in the kingdom, of living on 90 better than you could live on 100, the discipleship value of this is in two directions. Number one, it's an entry point to trusting God for new believers. Mm. And it might be the last big gasp of submission for older believers. And I love that. So from there, let's go to... um, overflowing with generosity. So tithing and organized giving, you know, investing in the kingdom where the return on investment is absolutely certain. Well, then let's go to this this in the moment overflowing with generosity where instead of maybe thinking, oh yeah, now I'm investing in the kingdom. Yes, organized giving also here, but also I'm identifying with the king. That's what I like about being able to overflow with generosity Mm. because our king is generous. And if you stop to think of how many gifts he's given each one of us, every human who's ever lived, every taste that's out there is a gift from a creative God. And he gives it to the good, the bad, and the ugly. (laughs) He gives it to the sinners. They can taste good food as well. Mm -hmm. Every marriage or friendship or sunset or the excitement and wonder of being at the Grand Canyon or in the Swiss Alps. Like these things are wonderful gifts from a creative God. A redemptive God gives us gifts he he saves enemies and powerless and weak and dead people that's a generous god he's unbelievably generous so when you and i demonstrate generosity we're identifying with our king we're becoming like our king mm. now who do we identify who do we who, who do we have to be generous with well people also people in need yeah So when we go close to people in need then now we're really becoming like jesus it's hard (laughs) i mean you know so when you know for your sake he was rich or uh, 2nd Corinthians 8 9 he was rich for your sake became poor so that you through his poverty might become rich isaiah 58 when you spend yourself on behalf of those without Mm. your your Mm. light will shine Proverbs 25, whatever you did to the least of these, to, the, to one of the least of these, you did it unto me. Uh, that's Matthew 25. And, and Proverbs says, hey, he who's generous to the poor makes a loan to God, lends to their maker. Now that's amazing. So oh. I wouldn't mind having God as my debtor. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's really easy then. Who's in need around me? Hmm. And I love that. This is, uh, you know, this is just really easy. Just, hey, Lord, keep my eyes open. Yeah. Give me a willing spirit. And when I have a plan and, you know, organized giving, there's a plan there. And so then the rest of the, rest of the stuff falls in line because I'm working a plan. Yeah. Well, now I've got opportunity to have an overflowing heart because the plan is taken care of and i know the mortgage or the rent and the utilities are paid and i know i've given what i'm supposed to give where he wants you know to the refuge or young life or grace or wherever and now hey when he brings across my mind or my heart or my path an aunt or an uncle that i didn't know they were in need and i can just send them 20 bucks or 100 oh. bucks or a friend whose car broke down and they lost their job well Maybe I can fix their car or have it fixed. And that's just overflowing or a stranger on the street or, you know, Mary's kid. Anyway, live generous. I think you're the one that, you know, yeah. get a lot of the <laughs> grammar there. <clears throat> <laughs> live generous, man. Well, I remember um, I was early 20s and I found out about this kid that needed to get to hockey camp and he had just lost his dad. Of course, that's mm. my story. And I'm a sucker for that. I just, want to help. <laughs> you know, I want to help. And, but I'm young, young in my faith and I'm single. I mean, young in my faith, young in sort of making these kinds of decisions. And he, I was working the camp in Brandon, Manitoba, and that's where he was. And he had just that summer lost his dad. And I remember the summer after I lost my father, somebody sent me to hockey camp Mm -hmm. and it changed, like, it just meant so much to me. Like that's, so I remembered that. And of course we do what we've had modeled. So there I am out in Brandon, Manitoba, this farming community, a great hockey community. And we had this great camp out there and, um, kid Ryan had lost his dad. And, uh, I, I felt like the Lord put it on my heart, help him come to another camp, like give him a break from the dreariness of home without dad. And I remember that well as a 10 year old. I mean, this kid was about 15. So I got home from Brandon. I was running the Montreal camp and I thought, why don't we see if there's some scholarship funds there and then fly him out? And I just thought, why don't I just buy his ticket? Wow. You know, and this is, you know, I mean it was $500. So the flight from Winnipeg to Montreal in, uh, you know, I don't know, 1995 or something. And it's not a tremendous amount of money. It's more than you sneeze at, yeah. but it's not like it's 5000 bucks. And I remember trying to wrestle through, should I do this? And I I talked to my grandfather, and I'm like, Grandpa, I don't know. Is this this just me? Is this from the devil? You know, is this the Lord? Like, how do I know if I'm pleasing God in this? My grandfather was so great. He's like, the devil is never going to tell you to give your money to the Lord's work. And I'm like, it just solved it right there. I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's do it. I'm not going to miss it. Let's do it. Let's get this kid out here and, and give him help. You know, that overflowing ability because everything else was planned. Yeah. And just seeing a need and feeling a heart and saying and opening the eyes. And it was just kind of fun. That's awesome. That's amazing. So, Ben, your voice is gone. <clears throat> it's going more and more. Yeah. So I'll wrap us up here. <laughs> <laughs> um, friends, you know, here we are on a journey. We're going we're going into <clears throat> this awesome holiday season, the spirit of giving. And um, whether it's the organized giving that God invites us to test him in, whether it's the live generous, overflowing generosity that we can participate in. God's got Uh, us to become more like him and to change the world in little ways by just us following through. So I hope, we hope, and I'm speaking for Ben, (laughs) we hope this has been helpful and a blessing and that, uh, you know, the Lord will work a little more in us and through us and that you'll be invited into his grace and his goodness. Thanks so much for joining us here on Encounter Grace. We hope you encounter God's grace in life and in our days. And we'll see you back here the next time.